because everybody know what time it is. It's uh, time no, no, let for- me do that over. Let me okay. let me do that over. <laughs> Great start. Pushing too hard. Pushing yeah. a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Flew too close to the sun. <laughs> Does everybody know what time it is? It's time for Jensen Daggett to renegotiate her contract and get herself written off the show. <laughs> That's right. Can I do that? And sleeping with junk, and I got more lies than there's Benny's at a Dunkin' Donut yeah. shop. Sure enough, I got props for the kids of Taylor, plus their mom and their pops. Nice. I'm feeling quite down. I'm feeling quite down. Mm-hmm. So get out your seat and listen to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that tickles me Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am Landon. I live in a hardware store down by the river, Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman. Yeah, testing shower heads. Yeah, that's the ticket cap. <laughs> Truman, it's good to see you. It's good to see you too, Landon. That intro uh, was doing so much cocaine in the 90s. <laughs> Uh, you're pulling. You're pulling from some some really some of the most drugged up SNL history to get us into our podcast. Uh, Which is, indeed, in fact, this episode might have aired the week that Chris Farley hosted Saturday Night Live. Oh my God! Oh, so they just so you know, society kind of got a contact high from culture that week, basically. <laughs> Although, well, really, no, I guess it didn't. Nothing about this episode is particularly coked out. Unless cocaine makes you have heartfelt conversations with your brother about, like, legacy and family and things like that. In which case, I don't think it would be very popular. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, Chris Farley, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. What an episode that would have been of Saturday Night Live. God, a time capsule if I've ever seen one. One year off. It was October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. So, so do you think like Chris Farley's on there and he's doing some like lame impression of a public figure, and the lead singer from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tone scoffs and goes, "That's the impression that I get." Really? <laughs> Which, Pause for laughs. Honestly, <laughs> what you could have said about Chris Farley's impression work the entire tenure uh, when he was on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I remember uh, there was a, there was this uh, uh, they did a few like um, we are the world type sketches where everyone was playing a uh, uh, yeah, different musician singing and I think they yeah. had him I they did two and I remember one he was playing Meatloaf and it was obvious <laughs> he had no idea who Meatloaf was but um, just like saying an ultra generic rocker voice. I mean, he but he kind of looked like him. Yeah, I mean, that's like he doesn't have to know who Meatloaf was because Chris Farley was kind of the Meatloaf of comedians. Like, yeah. it just, I mean, their their energy is so similar. It's like he just naturally embodies that. <laughs> oh, um, Truman, I uh, I have a little preamble for us oh, this week. Oh, okay, that's exciting. That, um, it, wait, what what did water do to you this time? Oh, Truman, 
Oh my god, I have another puddle incident, but oh, that's god. not what this preamble is about. <laughs> I, okay, here's my my public service announcement. The way that Tool Time should be educating people: if you don't have a water softener, get a fucking water softener, especially if you live in an area that has hard water. Mm. Uh, it has wreaked havoc. I'm on my third faucet. Uh, that has has gone awry in this house because of uh, mero- uh, uh, minerals eroding or corroding. The, Mero- the... Morosion, as they call it, mineral erosion. <laughs> the the cold water hose uh, that hooks up to the pipe. So yeah, um, the not a not a fan of water. It's uh, I have one more sink that can go, and I hope it doesn't. It's like I, I, every time I run the water in it, I have a flat. I have my mag light there. I'm like, okay, I got to look under the sink to make sure it's not <laughs> can start leaking on me. You're, um, you're you're Gene Hackman at the end of the conversation. You just ripped out all your sinks yes. rather than take the chance that they'll break <laughs> on their you, own. I haven't even fixed the last one yet, and that's what it looks like. I just it's 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 unmounted from the sink, but it's still like the hoses are still going through the thing. Oh my god! Okay, you're this just, wasn't you're even just, the preamble I wanted to talk about. You're just wailing on your saxophone, water spraying all over the place. <laughs> okay, what do you what do you want to talk about? What's the real preamble? The uh, real this week, I want to give it. a salute to shelves. Okay, <laughs> uh, I am now uh, putting shelves up in my house. Ooh, big moment! Installing shelves. So, like, mm-hmm. I've always lived in an apartment where I didn't want to install stuff. Sure, you know, like. How do I get a, a shelving system that is freestanding, a single unit on its own that can mo- be moved about the apartment? Um, now Perhaps I'm by living an earthquake. in a place. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess they do include those things to secure it to the wall that I never used. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's this free. It's this free thing IKEA gave me that I can trash my security deposit with. Great. Sure. There'll <laughs> probably never be an earthquake here in Los Angeles. Uh, but now I live in a place that I can install shelves and mm. build the uh, build the the environment of my dreams. True freedom. And so I've got this little uh, nook in the front of my 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 living room. I should say my my ground floor is like the living room is an open floor plan with the kitchen and the dining room. It's just it's a really kind of long and narrow mm-hmm. um, uh, layout. Yeah, but it, it at the front of it protrudes to this little nook. It has three windows that kind of stick outward, and I have um, a couple of uh, bucket chairs there, and I sit and read there in the morning. Yeah, and it's kind of just become my reading nook. And I've got these two walls that are about two feet uh, wide on either side of it, and I want to like frame the nook with these shelves. So, um. I've looked into a lot of different shelving situation uh, uh, options solutions. Yeah, and um, yeah, how how much have you thought about shelves in your life? I mean, I think about shelves mainly in terms of the ones in my apartment being full of stuff, and thinking I need to get more shelves. I need to take some <laughs> of the pressure off these shelves. And then kind of just running into the same issue of like, I don't want to bolt anything to the wall, but I also don't don't want to put more heavy things, heavy laden things in my house that are tall enough to potentially fall on me in the next earthquake. So I kind of just... Yes. I, I, so I'm, I'm in a big putting stuff on the floor and, and deciding to think about it later phase. <laughs> it's a good phase. I mean, I'm also in that phase too, but uh, that's just an ongoing... <laughs> that's just an ongoing phase. So, but, so the idea is that you're just going to get enough frames to, to just like have or not, enough shelves to completely frame the outside of your, your nook, right? 
So, yeah, I, I looked into a lot of different shelving solutions and was really big on f- uh, floating shelves for a while yeah. where you don't see it connecting to the wall. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, kind of ugly, um, you know, triangle things underneath it. Like, I hate the shelving system they have in the closets in this place that they used before. Uh, they're coming out at some point. They're just those, like, wire, white wire, you know, painted wire frames that mm-hmm. have oh, yeah, gross yeah. metal, you know. Like yeah, I'm in a closet and it looks like a pantry, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, like who, who, how much time do you spend in the closet? Does it really matter? Um, well, th- depending not. on where you live and and who you are, I mean, maybe you spend spend much of your life there. Um, well, yeah, I guess I do because I spend it all the time in this closet recording a podcast. You're you're going to associate the inside of your closet with me at some point. I don't I don't want that. You got to get better shelves in there at least so you enjoy the experience of talking to me more. Uh, but the solution that I've decided to go with, I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. Because you have to look into weight capacities. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, you you mentioned that, especially in L.A. or anywhere that there's potential earthquakes. Um, free-floating shelves are, they, they have like maybe a 20 to 30 pound weight capacity. Sure. So if you're stressing that out already and then there's a little jostle from an earthquake, then, yeah, you're going to be, you know, Uncle Buck and getting a, a bowling ball to your forehead. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to... You're putting your bowling balls on free-floating shelves, but... <laughs> because you like the style and you want everyone to know that you roll. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so you're so you're kind of, like, free to do the floating shelves you've always dreamed of now. Well, I, I, I've, I came off of the idea, though, because 20 to 30 pounds for books isn't very much. Mm. So I Read switched over books. to a different, uh, different system, which yeah. is... The um, double track rod system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is where you get a uh, picture, if you will, you're at a grocery store. <laughs> Landon's house, 2023. <laughs> uh, so, you know how, like, when they, they put the shelves up in the in a grocery store, they've got the the metal arms that, that hook into a rod in the back. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am familiar with these. Yeah, uh, so you can get those and build your own shelves that way, and I've opted to do that. Uh, I want to do it in my office, in my bedroom as well, but I'm just, like, getting my feet wet with the nook Mm -hmm. because it's only two little walls that are two feet apart, uh, two feet feet each. The thing is, like, this is going to require me – so there's the installation of the rods and the the hooks themselves, which is, you know, fairly simple, a little bit of drilling and – you know, screwdrivering uh, to yeah. get the screws in there, but they didn't have any boards in the size that I need. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get into sawing, a little oh, bit Jesus. of carpentry, oh my god, sanding and staining uh, over the next couple weeks. I you're gonna do all that for the nookie? That's amazing. <laughs> All right, I, I was worried that that story was getting a little dry. I was, uh, I was, you brought it around, and I appreciate it. I was sitting on that for about five minutes, just waiting for the proper time and place. <laughs> and you took it home, Landon. That's podcasting pros right there. Um, oh, I, I, I am, love it. I am excited. Um, my, you know, uh, 
I would simply, I would simply just, um, I don't think I have 30 pounds worth of books. That's really, that, that's, <laughs> that would make my situation well, I, a lot simpler. I mean, I, I also want to display, like, I have a bunch of old cameras and projectors and stuff like that, that are quite heavy and, you know, a, a 20 to 30 pound shelf ain't going to cut it for that. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, okay. Projector flex, I guess. <laughs> Um, Truman, we're here to talk about the TV show Home Improvement. Did we do that this week? Yes, we did. And there was some projecting on Home Improvement this week, so it actually all ties together. Hmm. When Tim discovers that his brother Marty has separated from his wife Nancy and is sleeping at Harry's Hardware, he offers to let Marty and his two daughters come and stay at the house. Jill, Mark, and Brad are furious that Tim has invited three extra people to live with them without consulting the family first. But eventually, it's Marty who is the most upset once Tim and Jill begin doing such a great job parenting his daughters that he starts to feel like a failure. Do you want to guess the title? Yes, I do. This episode is set around Thanksgiving. I should have made that clear. Option number one. Something's got a Thanksgive. <laughs> no. It's dumb. It, yeah, yeah, Landon. Thank you. You've you've cracked you've cracked the code of my titles. <laughs> okay, okay. All option, right, next one. Option number two: broke bro in a broken home. Okay, I that that took me in places I didn't expect to go. I thought you were heading in a broke back mountain direction oh oh god Uh, oh no i wouldn't suggest i mean not not because there's anything morally wrong with that movie but because they're brothers and i'm not i'm not on the fanfiction.net forums for home improvement let's just say that much (laughs) we went through that two weeks ago let's not revisit that i you know i said i was gonna dig some up and i haven't yet um all right third option option number three taylor versus taylor okay Mm -hmm. okay hmm Hmm. wow thinking on that one that's a great. You, you love that response, don't you? I'm just. I'm. I, I'm considering it. I'm. I'm rolling it over my mouth a little bit and thinking mm. about it. Oh, yeah. How's How's um, the mouth feel? How are the tannins? <laughs> uh, not a bad title. I don't know that I like it for this episode. I mean, the the re- the thing that makes it good for this episode is that yes, it is both a, about the divorce of uh of mm. Marty and Nancy and those two tailors, mm-hmm. but it's also about the rivalry okay. that he feels and the fact that he's always been pitted against his brother Tim, whose last name is Taylor. So you you sold me on this. Yep, I'm I'm on board. It's my pick now. I okay. Thank thank you. First, uh, secondly, I probably should have called it Taylor versus Taylor squared to suggest that there were two sets of dueling tailors. Um, oh, wow. Uh, that, that, that'll be the next round. I'll send that over. Um, okay. But would yeah, it that... really be Taylor versus Taylor versus Taylor? Yeah, I suppose. So. And, or does and that you... imply that then Nancy is also against Tim? I, I think, I, I, I think it implies that Nancy is also going to divorce Tim, uh, which, <laughs> I, I mean, great. Her. You know, just a preemptive divorce. So if she ever wants to marry Tim, she has to do it twice for it to stick. Um, oh, boy. Okay, All right, so well, w- w- what was the name wanna... of this episode? Okay, the name of this episode was Thanks But No Thanks. Hmm. Now well, Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 And, and it was kind actually, of a, a give and take with Marty taken and then given back. Yeah, actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, okay. I mean, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I give that my nod of approval. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I should have gotten there. 
then uh, this episode aired on November 24th, 1998, and written by John Pollock, who we mentioned earlier this season, directed mm-hmm. by Peter Bonners. Truman, how did you feel about this episode? Damn it, I tried to, I tried to beat you. Uh, there's a lot that I really like about this episode. I feel like we're yep. two for two the past couple weeks on Tim being nice and charitable to the people yeah. around him. Um, yeah. Really great, heartfelt, uh, and convincing, just dramatic acting between Tim Allen and William O'Leary uh, mm-hmm. as, as Marty, which um, I, I like. Conflict just felt very real. Uh, yep. This felt like, it, this isn't some made-up shit like, what if our son gets an offer to go play uh, soccer <laughs> in, professionally in England? You know, which, I mean, hey, a tale as old as time happens to, happens to everybody, just part of having a kid. Th- this is like, you know, this just it feels more grounded, which then allows it to, I think, uh, be more impacting and, and still be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, other other reflection is why what's going on with the Taylor brothers? How come how come so many Taylor brothers are having a hard time in the workforce and in the life force except Tim? Uh, <laughs> it's a good question. I don't know. I, we could crack that later on. What did you what did you think of this episode? Um, I like this episode quite a bit. Uh, my main bad note is fucking Benny. <laughs> but even Benny I, wasn't that bad I, in this. I, I found Benny fairly appealing in this episode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just don't. I, I, every time I see him, it just brings back old memories. Um, okay. I, there's not going to be a good place in the deep dive for this. So I'll, I guess I'll bring it up here. Um, when I saw Benny, mm. I was remembering we had you know one or two benny centric episodes in the past yeah and yet we haven't seen benny in a while this is the first time the hardware store set is up in this uh season and we're 10 episodes in which means i don't think we've seen harry or benny they might have been alluded to but we haven't seen them so anyway i'm just giving you context for my mindset which is Oh yeah, we had episodes about Benny, and we have we had episodes about Marie, mm. uh, the neighbor Jill's yeah. friend. You know, yeah. So when when you have episodes about a character and then you don't see that character for a while, it kind of makes me go, "Well, what was that for? Why do yeah. we have that?" <laughs> um, you you automatically but, wonder, did that person die? Are they okay? <laughs> and they just acknowledge it on the show. Um, but what? It put so that was the context for this thought that I had, which is what an interesting spinoff it would be if you were gonna do like a post home improvement show, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Tim goes off and be's a you know movie star. <laughs> How, what would what would the show be? And like Marty moving in with Jill. <laughs> like do the Taylor or do do uh the Connors. But yeah. uh, Marty and the girls moving in with Jill and and Mark because Brad's going off to college at the end of the year. Like Yeah. That that's a whole new show and like yeah. that would bring a whole new like exciting vibe to it. I I would I would really love that show. I would like that a lot. I also want to say that when you mentioned, "Oh yeah, Tim goes off to Hollywood to be a movie star." I thought you meant that like that would be how Tim Taylor is written off the show that he goes to be a well, movie star. Basically, maybe that too. Al from last uh, last episode. Uh, no, I mean, I I don't know. I, I I like this episode. I enjoy Marty a lot as a character. I gotta stop shouting it every time. I'm I'm sorry, folks. Uh, 
but like I enjoy him as a character, uh, and I I like that he's this very glib, funny, joke a minute guy who also has this kind of rough, sad life and a lot mm-hmm. of issues with it. And I think that would be a compelling character to front a sitcom especially to slide in and replace tim who is all bravado is this guy who has all this self-doubt yeah i completely agree because then you know it's a great starting point for the beginning of a sitcom because you can go in so many different places with it he's divorced so you could bring in the dating thing he's raising two kids so you bring in the you know the child care thing uh you you know, it, it kind of like can harken back to the beginning of Home Improvement to a degree when we saw the boys be young mm-hmm. and we watch, you know, now the two girls grow up. Uh, but, you know, it's a different lens than watching two boys grow up. And, you know, like I, there's just a lot of fun stuff that can be done with that. And um, it's just a thought I had. I, I, I love I love the notion of just like, okay, got to bring in two new cute kids because the old ones grew up and then they run that show for eight years. And it's like, okay, um, now, okay, Will, okay, Willow, remember her? She's back and she's got three kids now and they're all a cute age. And now, the two, now Marty's two daughters who are like 17 and 18, they can babysit them. And that, like, it's just, the, the show I mean, is on for like 50 years with just like finding excuses to get different cute kids into the house. I, w- I was kind of picturing a different show. It wouldn't be called Home Improvement with Marty. Uh, although, I mean, maybe the name of it is Home Improvement with Marty. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like it. It's like it's the Home Improvement house shaped grunt creep. But then there's like a neon sign state or like in Christmas lights spelling out with yeah. Marty. <laughs> uh, but also what you described is basically what Norman Lear did for decades. Just then, like, oh, this show's ending. Let's introduce a new neighbor and get to get a spinoff going. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, if only it were that easy. Um <laughs> I guess that's basically House of the Dragon. Um, well, do you, um, I don't know, do you, do you have, yeah, do you have more reflections? Do you want to dive in? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into this thing. Let's, let's, let's stress out trying to calculate how many people are coming over so we can yeah. make sure we have enough food and then panic when someone says that they're bringing a plus one only to find out that the day of three people aren't going to come and that others aren't can't eat certain ingredients in certain foods and that trying to plan a menu in the deep dive is futile. Yeah. Trying to plan anything in the deep dive is futile. It, uh, especially, especially trying to plan the runtime of the deep dive. Anything, anything is possible <laughs> really. Uh, indeed. Okay. So we start at the hardware store. Uh, Marty is coming in from the back room and Harry and Benny are there. What's, uh, what's happening here? Uh, so Marty has been sleeping in the back room at Harry's and he thanks them for letting him stay there. And as he's on his way out the door to get to work, he sees that Tim is rolling up and he makes the guys promise not to tell Tim that, uh, Tim is staying there. The guys are dubious that Benny is going to be able to pull this off. Uh, Marty runs out, says a quick hi to Tim. Uh, Tim talks to the guys and it very quickly, uh, you know, becomes apparent that they're lying to him and that something's up with Marty and he bribes, uh, Benny with a donut to get Benny to tell him that uh, uh, Marty and his wife Nancy are splitting up and Marty is sleeping at the hardware store because he has nowhere else to go. Um, so it just starts on page one. Shit gets it, real. It truly does. Uh, okay, I have a couple questions here. One, yes. Tim brings in a box of donuts. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, yes, we're talking about this. <laughs> Go on. Finish your thought. Are the free donuts in the past, like, 
have they been sponsored by Tim and Benford or or Home Tool Time or? This this completely recontextualizes the most compelling aspect of Harry's hardware for me. I thought that the store provided the donuts, but this suggests that either it's a rotating duty, and today was Tim's day to bring donuts to the, but like to bring the communal public donuts yeah. to the hardware show. Like, and before we get too far, haha, duty. Go ahead. Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad we're covered there. The duty count uh, ticks up by one, uh, but he. I it the, the the fact it's one thing to bring donuts to the office for your coworkers, but to bring donuts to the hardware store that you don't even work at, dude. You don't right. even co-own it. You just you like going there, so you bring donuts and then leave the box so anyone who patronizes that establishment can have a free donut that you paid for. I I mean, I love I love the Ralphs in my neighborhood. I go there all the time. I would not buy donuts from there and then just put the donuts out and open them in the store and just say, Hey everybody, we all like the same store. Come eat some of these. Let's celebrate our patronage. That's a little of this bit place. different though. I mean, what if you had like a, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess you're not into magic, the gathering, but you know, oh, some I mean, sort of a card store or something that you, you know, say there was a, a civilizations, <laughs> civilization six, store i i okay yeah well that's called that's called best buy in 2005 but i understand what you mean i understand like the, yeah, yeah no a, a gaming shop like a D D shop yeah. with dice and 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 warhammer 40k a hobby and shop stuff. yeah yes. that of a hobby that you're interested in Mo yes a model train shop oh hello yeah okay i would totally yeah. take a box of donuts there um wow if it means Land you get like you know every once in a while the owner kind of goes hey we, you know we got uh our inventory this one piece of track can't fit in our our stock so you know here you get a free track this week uh yeah these d20s fell off a truck uh hey uh, take this home with you thanks <laughs> thanks for the crullers nerd. truman <laughs> yeah 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 no the the total nerd i'm not hanging out at the model train shop with the cool kids i'm down at the dnd &D <laughs> shop with the dorcas malorcai yeah oh uh, I, okay my bad my bad the d20 is a dice i should know that because i played <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. oh yeah you should know that yeah who's i thought I thought you were identifying a a specific piece of track from a train set called the D20. No, no, I'm not identifying a specific piece of model train memorabilia, Landon. I'm I'm <laughs> describing a specific type of dice for tabletop role-playing games. The coolest, most Chad thing a person can do. Um <laughs> Okay, but no, but you you make a good point. I if I had a little shop like that, not a little shop of horrors, but a little shop of joy. That's my shop. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What would you feed to Audrey too? Would you take donuts in there and feed them to the plant? Uh, no, I probably feed her Benny. I. That's. He would be a great candidate, honestly. Uh, <laughs> um, Harry would also be there too. Yes, and then it would be. Uh, and then it would be. Oh, I can't. I can't remember the name of uh, Harry's wife, uh, Dolores. I wouldn't feed Dolores to her. I know that was going to plant I, after Dolores. I was, I was going to say you were going to run off with with Dolores. Yeah. That's the <laughs> that's the beauty of <laughs> suddenly uh, suddenly Seymour would be suddenly Dolores. Yeah, no, or you'd be suddenly Solano. Uh, <laughs> I no, but I so okay. That I guess that does make sense, and I appreciate Tim's uh, sense of public service in providing donuts for everybody. Um, I. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like how okay so this is the thing here's my I'm I'm rising in defense of Benny in this episode. I don't like him generally, but I think here 
they they've figured out how to use him because you know Tim yeah. makes uh, uh Marty makes the guys pro- you know don't please guys don't say anything about me staying here don't don't let Tim know that I'm staying here and he and Harry both just look at Benny who's just standing there and just nothing is said and Benny goes why are you guys always acting like I'm a moron and and Harry goes I'll explain later when I've got time to talk really slow. <laughs> But just and just the fact that Tim then walks in, they're acting strange, and he just says, "Benny, I'll give you a donut if you tell me what's going on." And Benny immediately <laughs> says, "Yeah, it, that's that's funny. That's I again, I would feed him to the plant, but it, this is a good use of him that I like." I, and I'm not going to argue with that. It is, uh, yeah, the best use of Benny the show's ever seen. Yes. <laughs> also, when when. Uh, Tim then is shocked and asks, how could this have happened? Benny goes, well, in my view, Nancy projected repressed paternal conflicts onto the relationship, while Marty was still grappling with intimacy issues. And I think it's just always funny to hear a, hear a Sopranos-looking Goomba say stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, I, I want to say it's just kind of interesting. I don't really have any deep thoughts or opinions, but this is the first time I've seen Harry's hardware, this set, since becoming a homeowner oh. uh, since we had such a long period between seasons. And this is the first time we're seeing it this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I am looking at it a little bit differently and thinking, would I, would I shop here? <laughs> would you, is it better than I, Menards? Well, uh, I mean, apparently there's some political stuff with Menards that ain't so great that I just <laughs> learned about. So Let's, I uh, <laughs> going to have a hard time in certain parts of the country with with uh, I know compromised businesses. Yes, uh, find a hardware store that doesn't have complicated po- politics. Uh, please find one and let me know where to go. I, I, uh, I don't think I think every every big hardware chain is run by a billionaire libertarian weirdo creep, and every small hardware store is owned by a hundred thousandaire libertarian weirdo creep. I think if you're buying hardware. <laughs> where you have to make a deal with the devil. No, oh, son of a bitch. Uh, but it, it, this is d- way different than a Menards. Obviously, Menards is like the Costco of home improvement stuff. Yes. This is just a little... Like, this is what I would expect the hardware store on the main street of where I grew up looked like, mm-hmm. uh, which I'd never been into. And I don't know. I mean, like, wasn't there at some point Harry said he had a catalog? Maybe he can order things for you? I think like, so, he, yeah. He bought that... that um, uh, birdbath for wilson at one point mm-hmm. yeah like he he's got a wholesaler and he can get it at, at you know certain price and yeah something yeah. like that i guess that's that you know is kind of what tim is appreciating about the hardware store is having a relationship with your hardware guy to mm-hmm. get those sorts of things because he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy and then soon you have your birdbath yeah true true I mean that's and that you want to you you want to know your bird bath guy. You want to make sure it's a cruelty free bird bath. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I don't I'll I'll let you know if there's any updates on whether or not I I'd shop here or not. Uh, I'm trying to look in the background to see what they've got. This is closer to the Ace Hardware that's by me. Um, mm. Ace is a little bit smaller, but I don't know. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll, okay. I'll, th- th- that'll be an update for this season. Okay, Hardware Watch 2023. Uh, <laughs> so we're we're back home. Uh, yeah, we, we, we do the theme song. Yes. Oh, we do do the theme song. Yes, <laughs> do do. Uh, by the way, just haha, do do. Go yeah, on. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Landon. Um, so at, following the theme song, Tim gets home, uh, finds that Jill is sending off some Thanksgiving food to Randy in Costa Rica. Huzzah! 
Uh, <laughs> he tells Jill what's going on with Marty, and Jill says, you know, he's upset that that Marty didn't tell him. And Jill says, well, you probably, you know, he probably didn't tell you because you have a tendency to be kind of a dick about things and mock him and <laughs> criticize him. And uh, she encourages him to be supportive and non-judgmental. And uh, Tim uh, agrees, but expresses some wistfulness that he doesn't get to sleep in a hardware store. Funny, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. No, yeah, no, I thought I thought so. I thought so as well. This is also a case of so she's packaging. You know, she says, "Oh, I'm sending some Thanksgiving food to Randy in Costa Rica." And Tim goes, ah, he can run, but he can't hide. And nor, nor, you know, I know that I've been critical of jokes about Jill's cooking in the past, but uh, that's, I don't know. I guess, I guess they finally wore me down. I really like that a lot. I think that's funny. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's not like a meatloaf joke. It is, there's some thought and creativity put behind it. it yeah. And I don't know. And again, maybe, I think I talked about this last week. Maybe just if Tim is being kind and being, you know, concerned, you know, here, this is a scene where he's concerned for his brother and, and wants, and is worried about like, well, what, what have I done to make him feel like he can't talk to me? I only mm-hmm. need a little bit of that from Tim. And then, yeah, you want to roast Jill's cooking? That's fine. You're, you're, a, you're a good and honest dude. And I like you. <laughs> so I'm a cheap date. Uh, what else you got for this scene? Cause I have something that's not at all related, but something that's been on my mind for the last couple episodes. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, I got nothing. I got nothing else for this, for this scene. What have you got Landon? I want to talk a little bit about the costumes, the outfits, uh, wow. wardrobe, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk about them. And I will talk back. <sighs> Actually, now that I'm about to express it, I feel like maybe we already talked about it. <laughs> I, I oh, find... This is this is a roller coaster land. Are we going to talk it about is... costumes? Or are we going to not? Have we talked about it already? <laughs> I'm gonna. You know what? You can edit it out if we've already talked about it. Um, you assume I find I'm not it on the interesting. Ball. The the what? I'm not gonna say what Tim chooses to wear, but Tim's outfit specifically is like he looks like a. He looks exactly like the character he's playing in that he looks like a middle-aged dad that also maybe has a TV show in that, you know, he's clean cut, but he's wearing, you know, just the plaid shirts with a a nice just dad jacket and Mm -hmm. jeans with, you know, tucked in with a belt. Um, So he looks nice, but he looks like a dad. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't exist anymore. That hmm. a star of Tim Allen's caliber at this time, when this episode aired in 2023, would be wearing like even as a dad, the you know most expensive top of the line casual wear. Yes, and he would be you know his hair would be so much more curated and. Just mm-hmm. everything top to bottom would just yeah. feel like it's stepped out of an ad versus making it feel like it's part of the the world that they live in. It, 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 he would be dressed like an ad, not like he stepped out of an ad, but he would be an ad. Like there would yeah. be like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's good differentiation. Yeah. You know, d- distinctive. You can see the label on what he's wearing or something like that. Mm-hmm. The outfits have been put together in consultation with a sponsor who wants to showcase certain aspects of their casual wear lineup. Yes. I, and, and, and yeah, and, and he would just look 
better. Everyone just looks yes. better on TV now. They they just everyone is handsomer and thinner and better hair yeah. than yeah. part of that. I, I'm sure comes with you know the the advent of HD TV. You know, it's very uh, true. It's very a true. decade after this, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It just that that struck me of like you don't see that anymore, mm-hmm. and it's not that it's dated necessarily. It's just a level of costuming, a style of costuming that you know is part of the storytelling rather than part of the commercial aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah the the decisions here are just kind of driven by what suits the story, what suits the feel of the world we're creating. There was not In each character. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm talking about Tim, but I feel like it applies across the board. You know, Mark never feels like he's wearing something that Mark wouldn't wear. Brad never feels like he's wearing something that Brad wouldn't wear. (laughs) Same with Randy, same with Jill. I mean, Al is a non-starter because he's worn the same thing since episode one. And and, and Mark is a little bit of a non-starter because I never really got an explanation of why he's not wearing goth clothes anymore. So, uh, well, I, I do, which is like, I... I went, uh, a year went I, by. I and... It's a. Uh, it's called a phase. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I guess this makes sense. Uh, no, I, I. You're right, and you'd sort of. You'd especially think with the kids, like we'd be getting more. You know, they're because they're going to be wearing t-shirts and graphic shirts and stuff. You'd be expecting Nike swooshes and stuff to be really mm-hmm. like making an appearance, and it feels like that doesn't happen that much. They're not yeah, maybe using the kids as better safeguards at the time. I I tend to assume it's not that there were better <laughs> safeguards. It was just that people hadn't yet realized the degree that we could cross promote and market things. Yeah. There was, yeah, the the Velociraptors were still pawing at the door, not understanding how the uh, knob works. <laughs> oh God! And yeah. now we're all trying to protect ourselves by rolling in a ball off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I'm just I'm just sitting over here banging a ladle against the floor trying to trying to distract him. And meanwhile, Chris Pratt's out there, you know, gesturing. <laughs> He's dinosaur whispering. Oh, God. Um okay, so so uh, do we want to go uh, go to the hardware store? Hardware store. Late at night, Marty walks out of the back room eating peanut butter with a putty knife. Yep. Uh so what happens in this scene is that I feel huge um like, like envy of Marty because that looks like the most delicious thing. Just, just the peanut butter, just straight like living life. I, I, just not gonna just lie, peanut, I've been there. Butter. Yeah, I, I, not gonna lie, I, uh, I have a like, I have, I own property there. I'm registered to vote there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've put down roots. I'm running for mayor of of that place. Um, have you ever tried squirting honey directly into the peanut butter jar? Oh, Landon! <laughs> Yo, you hate you hate bears, but uh, there's there's one bear tactic that you uh, that they might that you might approve of. Um, that sounds amazing, but I have not. I have I have put I have slathered thick peanut butter onto a piece of bread and squirted sriracha onto that. But um, you know, but 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 being twenty three was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. it was. Um. Right, the point is, uh, Marty answers the door for Tim eating this peanut butter out of the jar and lets Tim in. And Tim tells him, you know, I know what happened. Benny sold you out for a fresh donut. And uh, Marty explains to Tim that, yeah, things with Nancy have have gone bad. They were in counseling, but they ultimately discovered they just were both looking for a way out. She thought he wasn't ambitious enough. 
And so now he's living at the hardware store. They've got joint custody of the kids, but he can't really bring the kids to the hardware store, so he never sees them. So uh, Tim offers to let Marty stay at the house in Randy's room, and then also to let the daughters uh, stay there when he's got custody of them, and uh, shakes his brother's hand and wishes him well, and Marty accepts. Aw. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't have too much uh, to say about this scene, except, you know, I I just always love the the scenes between Tim and William O'Leary. I think they have such an, a great chemistry and the casting of William O'Leary. I mean, outside of him just being a fantastic actor, just he feels like Tim's younger brother. Yes. It, it, there, it really, there feels yeah. like a genetic connection. Uh, they the 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 kind of just subtle interplay between them is I think on the same level as it was with Patricia Richardson and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. There is just mm. another layer. It feels like they are actually tight in real life, and also that they, uh, yeah, they 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 play that role really well, and it's um it, you feel it in every scene between them. I I this is this scene is another example of why I think I, I love Marty so much. It's because like Tim and, and honestly like someone who kind of was pseudo raised by Tim and grew up in a house with Tim, uh, Marty tends to respond to things with jokes and wisecracks somehow, even though they can be pretty barbed, it never feels mean or hateful the way Tim does. Um, yeah. but, but then also like he also, I think maybe part of what does that is he tends to be self deprecating too, because you know, he he lets Tim in and he's just he's there in like a t-shirt and just boxer shorts and he's trying to like spin an excuse for why he's here. And he says, Oh yeah, Harry was just looking for a night watchman and Tim goes, Well, it's an intimidating uniform. And and uh Marty goes, Oh, you should have seen me before I put the shorts on <laughs> <laughs> Which gets a really big laugh from the audience, and I was happy for him getting that. But I, I don't know. Like the, the, again, he's just the, his his life is. This is a low point, except for the peanut butter out of the jar. That's awesome. But everything <laughs> else about this is really bad. But he still just has these quick ones on deck, and is like he's smiling as he says it. Like he's taking such joy in in doing this quip that I I like. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, although I do question uh, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> there's a knock on the door in the middle of the night you don't know who it is if it was harry he'd just walk in yeah like you're <laughs> you don't own this place and you're opening the door to a business establishment in your underwear <laughs> in detroit in the <laughs> you 90s just pretend you're not home <laughs> yeah i it's <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe his thinking is I've got a, you know, I've got a putty knife here, peanut butter laden putty knife. If somebody, if someone's trying to break in, I could, you know, cut them like, and then stitch them. They can't the get any worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, if I, if I fight off an intruder, maybe I, I become a hero. I, maybe I will get a job as a night watchman at that point. That's all I got for <laughs> that scene. Should we, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, just as, as Tim is leaving after, you know, offering to let them move in, Tim says, must be nice sleeping with all these tools, waking up to the smell of solvents, this rack of ball cocks. Yeah, why dream? Jill's never going to toss me out. I just, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like it's fun. And again, he can do a joke like this because this comes on the heels of him telling his brother how much he loves him and how he's there for him yeah. and supports him. It's it, like, this would feel mean spirited. Like, oh, I can't wait to get out of her house. If it was a mean Tim scene, it's. Tim is like yeah, tofu. I agree. You know, his lines just sort of, his lines absorb the flavor of whatever is around them. 
<laughs> I think he's kind of like an avocado in that, you know, there's just a very small sweet spot where he works. <laughs> I think he's more like a box of chocolates in that I really don't want that much. Um, <laughs> so we get back to the Taylor house. Uh, Tim has uh, come home for dinner and uh, he tells Jill, I'm sorry, I'm just remembering this is one of my favorite scenes in history. Tim tells Jill <laughs> that he invited Marty to stay at the house, and Jill, Brad, and Mark are all shocked by this and begin questioning questioning him about how, wait, the, how are the logistics of this going to work? Uh, the discussion gets pretty heated as Tim slowly realizes that he did not think any of this through and has no plan and had not considered any of the drawbacks of what he did. Uh, Jill sends the boys upstairs. They continue to argue about this and the fact that there is so much stuff that needs to be thought of that Tim has not thought of. Jill is running through this list of things that they need to figure out. And then she says, when are they going to get here? And then we hear uh, the doorbell ring and Tim goes to the door and it's Marty and the kids. And this is <laughs> this is incredible tv writing this is such a good scene i was howling i love 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 this scene it's great uh yes and what i love about it you just touching on what you've already said so i don't want to belabor it but like the reason it works is because he's doing something good yes for someone and like he's just stuck between like (laughs) trying to do the right thing versus trying to have his way yes and the difference you know it might be minuscule in terms of how a script is put together, but the, the reasoning behind it makes all the difference in the world. Like this scene could be written exactly as is with a different context to it. And it play the exact opposite of the way it does. Um, uh, if this, and was we've like, seen that so many times. Yeah. Like it, the, this scene could play out with like, Oh, the, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are in town and Tim invited three of them <laughs> to stay at the house for the weekend because he wants to have a good time what you know they're gonna let him into the locker room or something and this would be like tim you fucking asshole but here it's like this is this is and as tim points out to jill when they're arguing it's like you told me i need to be there for him and be supportive and it's like a tim has a good point and b tim hearing that advice giving it more power and taking it Yes. All the way to I'm gonna have I'm gonna invite three people into the house that we don't have space or resources for is exactly the sort of thing Tim would do, and and that's what's so endearing like about him and his the promise of this character is that I am I love the people around me and I am so committed to loving them that I am actually going to create a huge disaster. uh yeah and i i to me that's just it's it's funnier and i can i'm more committed to that and i don't know uh like i said in the last episode like when you have that like small scene that sets up the jokes for the rest of the episode it's just Mm -hmm. so much more satisfying it's great it's it's so great i yeah they (laughs) and i what i what i really like is uh, there's a performance moment when uh as he's going through all the logistics and stuff with Jill and she's asking him all the right questions. Uh, and she's like, well, when is he supposed to be here? And then there's a ding dong when Tim walks up to the door to, to 
answer it jill's jill is like don't you walk out in the middle of this conversation and he's trying to get her to be happy and joyful and he's like putting out a smile and like trying to he's waving his arms around trying to get the energy up and then swings the door open i don't know it's just a funny bit of physical comedy no no, it's 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 so it's so great she's still yelling at him and it's like they cannot be here they cannot come in we're not ready and tim has this big fake smile and just pointing to the smile like face is up honey we gotta go we gotta go (laughs) <laughs> it's it's so great he uh, tim allen god damn it is so good when it works it works he both both when he is talking to them i, I mean just also the, the because the the way that this scene proceeds he comes in jill's making dinner the boys are there everyone's in a good mood he and he tells them about the interaction with with uh, Marty and is, you know, and they're kind of praising him and say, oh, that was nice of you to do that, whatever. And then he says about how, yeah, I invited them to stay. And they all start giving him questions. And you see, like, he's just conveying with just kind of his eyes and his face, like, the, the growing panic and realization <laughs> yes. of like, oh, God, no, wait, everyone's mad at me. Oh, that is a problem. That's a problem, too. Oh, God. Oh, God. He to, that he went into this with so much, you know, go get him bravado, and then watching that kind of fall apart <laughs> as he thinks yeah. about it, it's it's really great acting. It's it's so fun to watch. Um, uh, let's go on to the next wait, scene. Unless you have anything else, I I, I got a couple bits. Uh, uh okay, Br- you know, Brad and Brad and Mark are really on him because he's basically said, well, okay, uh. Brad, you're gonna have to go and sleep in Randy's room because uh, Mark, uh, because uh, Marty needs to be upstairs so he can be close to his daughters. Wait, what about his daughters? Yeah, Mark, you uh, need to move out of your room so his daughters can be in your room. Where am I gonna sleep? You're also gonna sleep in in Randy's room. And the boys are getting really mad at him, and Jill sends them upstairs, and Brad goes, "This really sucks." As he walks out, and Jill like genuinely angry yells don't talk to your father like that and they go up the stairs and then she turns to tim and just goes this really sucks (laughs) (laughs) oh man if i you know you said to bend over i need to bend over backwards for family jill says if i bend over any further backwards i'm gonna be staring myself in the butt um (laughs) and then and the, but there's also some real righteous moments from her where Tim is saying, we can handle this. And Jill says, no, 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 you always say that, and then I handle it. That's what happens. And Tim responds, well, that only, that only with fair our kids. No. But yeah, no, a fair response, calling it out. It's it's great. It's it's because they both go to kind of real and actual dramatic spaces, but then it's also a very funny conversation. And uh, yeah. it's structured perfectly. Uh, let's go on to the next scene, um, yeah. where it is Brad uh, coming home from somewhere. Uh, he's got a sleeping bag, and Mark is in the kitchen, and they're about to have a little chatty chat. What's what's they chatting about? Uh, well, uh, Brad is giving Mark uh, his best sleeping bag, which Mark uh, takes to mean, oh, okay, so I guess that means you get the bed, and there's this big debate over who's going to get the bed. And then they both decide that really the real villain here is uh, Marty. What a loser. Uh, Like, how come we have to suffer because his life is a disaster? Then Marty comes in and tells them uh, how much he appreciates them doing this. You know, other families, the kids might not be so understanding, etc., etc. And then, you know, one of his daughters comes down. She's had a bad dream. uh, And... You know, uh, Marty's going to take her back upstairs, but first she hugs Brad and Mark and tells him that she loves them. Like, they, they've gone into this scene before before 
Marty comes in saying, you know, we need to we need to make our opposition known. We need to challenge him on this. And then he comes in, <laughs> says all this. His daughter is very adorable. They go off and then they watch him go upstairs and they go, well, I think we made our opinion known. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, but I don't know. I, don't, I mean, it's it's a well put together scene. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but it's just, you know. It, th- this is this is kind of the beginning of the sequence of the family uh, pulling together and honestly having a pretty good time helping out uh, yeah. Marty. Uh, so I have one note for this, uh, mm-hmm. a question, really. Yeah. Mark is holding a guitar in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder, the uh, years we've seen Brad on the show, mm-hmm. and from reading... Totally JTT, the unauthorized biography of Jonathan Taylor Thomas by Michael Ann Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Michael Ann Johns. Michael Ann Johns. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, How did I remember that? I can't even remember who, what character Jonathan Taylor Thomas plays on the show half the time, but I can remember the name of the autobiography or the biography. Uh, the, the, the non de plume, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know that uh, Zachary Ty Bryan was a soccer player and loved soccer, um, you know, off camera mm-hmm. so like to see him as a you know to know that he loves soccer and that throughout the many seasons of the show we see him with a soccer ball the benford sports ball if you will <laughs> yes. and uh I, it made me wonder like be did they like allow him to play soccer or dribble the ball do some practicing or whatever as his business you know like little kid business uh, because he was natural at it, and make that part of the character to make it feel more real, and in doing so, set the path for the character of Brad. So, mm. like, something real from Zachary Ty Bryan's life became integrated into Brad, and I'm mm. wondering, with Mark here and his guitar, like, I don't know what's going to happen to Brad by the end of this, but clearly they're setting up this. He's going to go to college. He's getting all these scholarship opportunities. He's really good at, you know, like there's got to be some conclusion to that Mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the series. I'm wondering if now Mark is like, okay, he's a filmmaker. He's into music. (laughs) Like if they're, they're setting up these things, like the way Mark, uh, uh, Tyron Smith is holding the guitar in this, makes me believe that you know he was into music at the time there's no reason he needs to be holding a guitar here yet yeah. he is uh just for his you know teenager business <laughs> and i'm wondering if it's like to manifest a <laughs> satisfying conclusion to mark's character like can he integrate this into this the show uh just cuz he's interested in it off camera <laughs> so i mean it, but integrate this into the show more so than his filmmaking or, or anything else. It's like making, making a last minute turn towards a new hobby. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> or maybe I, it's just to like, uh, always remind people he's, he's the creative one. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It just, it, it just seems like we've seen, we've seen hints of Mark having so many interests. I mean, we've seen him flying a plane. We've seen him doing karate. <laughs> we've seen him, uh, you know, chopping his, well, no, pretending to chop his parents' heads off. I mean, this guy's all over the place. I, I, if I, I can't make any, any big assumptions about him holding a guitar. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it plays into the, the creative aspect of it. I mean, you're, you're right. But that almost feels like a different character at this point. True, true. Everything I, you had described, like, you know, nothing about this Mark screams, I 
want to take flying lessons. And I want to I want to be a better karate ninja. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I mean, he lest we forget, he was also in a band with uh, with his. Uh, that's right. Yeah, mono, exactly. You know, monosyllabic friend. So maybe maybe that is a sort of uh, that's already being manifested into the character, his interests, yeah. you know, off screen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think I, I think that could count as part of it, one of his many interests. He's a Renaissance Mark. What can I say? <laughs> All right, I love it. Anyway, All right, that's good. my big no for the scene. Okay, great. I mean, I have I have no notes, large or small. I'm just I'm glad that the you know the family's pulling together for uh, for these new arrivals. Agreed. Um, so the next morning, um, well, what's happening the next morning? The the twins are there, and uh, Marty's trying to get them to eat their pancakes um, before he goes off to work. And uh, Tim steps in to save the day and add some chocolate chips to uh, get them to eat. And they're like, oh, thank you, Uncle Tim. Um, that, that looks so tasty, and I'm going to eat these pancakes now. And Marty says, hey, thanks, Tim. I got to get going. Bye. Yeah. Uh, well, also, Marty realizes he forgot to make lunch for the girls, and Tim reveals that he woke up early ah, yes. and made both of them their lunch. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's just Jill's is kind of passively observing all of this. Yeah, and then and then after you know after the you know after Tim not after Tim after Marty heads out, Jill is just saying how impressed she is with him taking charge and helping out, and how she hasn't had to pick up uh, all the slack and figure all these things out. Yeah, which is yeah. cool. Much in the same way that when when you know Brad is dead set on going to uh, England to be a professional soccer player, and he the like seventeen year old is convinced not to because his dad tells him that uh, he shouldn't do it. Uh, it the these two little girls not wanting to eat the pancakes because they don't taste like the ones mom made, but then wanting to eat them once Tim drops a few chocolate chips on top, it is. Another one of those things, and again, I I don't have kids. I'm not having kids. I don't know about kids, but it doesn't see if if I were the like you know seven year old girl who did not want to eat the pancakes, I would simply eat the chocolate chips off of the pancake and then resume whining. Like I don't I don't know how putting them on top of the pancake makes the kid tricks them into thinking they like the whole meal now. Well, should we call out the elephant in the room? Uh, yes, absolutely. Do you know what the elephant is? No, I do not. What is the elephant in the room? <laughs> I, I've, I'm not very observant, I guess. Wait, are these t- are these Tim Allen's kids? No, no. Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, unless they have different names than Tim Allen's kids, but th- th- these twins oh. aren't the greatest actors in the world yes that's nothing to i hate to nothing against them we're not here to we're not bagging on child actors child actors but they are very mechanical uh they are just delivering lines and there's not a lot of characterization to them so you know i i wonder if stuff like that can be solved with you know uh a different dynamic yeah i yeah i i suppose that there's just kind of they're sort of limited i think in what kinds of stuff the girls can be saying or doing and it seems like in scenes with them tim or jill really are kind of carrying like the scene yeah. has, uh, scenes have to be written where tim and jill are mostly doing the stuff and the girls have like one line and i have to admit uh as much as their lines are 
you know what they are yeah uh everyone else that's in the scenes with them really do step up to make that scene better yeah you know it's like the we got to make this scene work and this is what we're working with god i feel so awful but uh you know that i i would not have done a great job at this uh in this either had i been cast as one of these kids so we're not i I didn't do a great job into my 30s so yeah (laughs) uh i I wouldn't i wouldn't cry if someone said this to me but the uh, yeah it's it seems to be making everyone else around them even better than they normally are I and I maybe that permeates the episode because much as the characters are all coming together and giving extra to help out, so too all the actors are kind of pulling together and giving extra in these scenes to make them work sort of around the kids. Which mm-hmm. I don't know is yeah I, I'm sure that that I'm sure that that influenced everyone's performance. It was some real Meisner shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, we, we go to the next scene where yeah. Tim and Jill are eating pie out of a tin yeah um, respect marty is coming home from work uh late day at work there's so much good uh goblin mode eating in this in this episode <laughs> be it, it is be thanksgiving it, uh, be it a dude eating peanut butter straight from the jar off a putty knife or tim and jill just picking away at a whole cake still in its pie plate having eaten seemingly half of it i i love it i really love it <laughs> Um, uh, so what happens when Marty comes back? Uh, well, Marty comes home and, uh, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, how, how is everything? How are the girls? Oh, they were great. You know, I helped them, helped them out with their homework and we sent them to bed and, and Marty said, oh, I, I'll go upstairs. They won't go to sleep unless they get the story from me. And Jill says, oh no, the girls are already asleep. They're fast asleep. Don't, you don't want to wake them up. And, and Marty is just a little bit upset. Yeah. He doesn't say anything or do anything, but you can just see in his eyes, he feels kind of bad that the girls mm. went down without him yeah 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 i don't uh, know i, I it was kind of this scene hit me uh, kind of uh in the feels to a certain mm-hmm. degree yeah um because i i really did get the sense oh marty is working his ass off and you know basically what tim says to him at the end of this episode and uh i'm like oh but it does that does have to feel sucky to come mm-hmm. home and not be able to see your girls because it's like yeah what the fuck is this all for if i can't yeah. see them I know that it just was all very present to me, even though they don't draw that out so explicitly. It's just the subtext of the scene, but it plays well. Yeah. Like so, so much of his life has been turned like so much of what's turned his life upside down is that, okay, I have these two kids. Uh, this relationship has fallen apart. I need, I'm not just thinking for myself. I'm thinking for them. Mm-hmm. I can't just take care of myself. I got to take care of them. And that he can't even, then it's like, Tim and Jill are reaping all the fruits of that. They are having these sweet yeah. moments with the girls and he's just having a shitty life and sleeping in his brother's basement or, or you know, his brother's son's room. Uh, you know, it, it's it's good. It's the, the this show can be, it, again, it's the show being funny and really kind of emotionally impactful in the same, uh, in the same breath almost. Yeah. Well, so that theme continues into the next scene, which is on tool time. where uh, Tim uh, has a very special project today of uh, painting a fence with with sponge, sea sponges and paint uh, to give it a a textured feel, and he has special guests. That's right. He has invited the twins to come on uh, because this project is something you can even do with the kids. Aww. And are they wearing wearing matching painter's clothes? Yes, they are. Now, they are. Truman, I have to ask you, 
you have had some spicy opinions in the past on overalls. I mean, I don't, I don't, look, I still just don't, I'm just not into overalls, just period. I just don't really like them as an outfit. But also, I think part of why I don't like them is because I just associate them as like, yeah, that's what you wear when you're a child. Like, they're, it's a child's clothing. <laughs> so that these two children are wearing overalls, yeah, sure, go for it. It's just, I, also, I was making those comments like five years ago when there were there were a, a, I don't know I was seeing more people than I normally did decked out like a Dexy's Midnight Runners video and uh, I, I I felt like I had to make a stand without mm. shaming anyone. Mm-hmm. The woke mob is gonna come cancel me because my opinions on overalls aren't PC enough. Gonna leave you out there on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just leave me hanging. Don't give me the benefit of, of yes anding me or continuing to talk about the episode. Uh, I mean, it's a cute, it's a cute segment. Uh, it's, cute, it's the yeah. only L we get in this episode. Yeah, and and it's a segment that turns a lot on on uh, the girls delivering lines and jokes. So there isn't a huge amount really to say. But I like, yeah, you know, I I like seeing Al. Uh, that's cool. It's cool that we have that and. Then this transitions us, like, we kind of go live then to Harry's hardware. Marty is stopping in, and they're watching Tool Time at the hardware store, and he is surprised to see his daughters on TV, and Harry is commenting on how good Tim is with kids, and we see Marty get even more mad. Landon, can we talk about the fact that no one told Marty his children were going to be on TV? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was going to be a bigger plot point. It, w- yeah, seems I, like <laughs> seems like you need some media releases signed by the you know Legal guardians, guardian. the yeah. parents. The <laughs> were were I a parent, I I think I would have a passing interest on whether my children were on basic cable or not. Yeah, and if they were on network, I wouldn't care at all. But basic cable is important. <laughs> um, it, 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 interesting, and I I did think that the episode was then going to go in the direction of of. Tim has added more power to being a an uncle, and it has to be reined in on that front. But it did not. With only five minutes left to go, I mean, I guess they've done harder, harsher turns like that in the past. But yeah, yeah, they they've added more power to an abrupt tone shift at the last moment of an episode. <laughs> I have one note again. It's about costuming, and this one is wow. just I want fucking Marty's vest. He's mm. wearing, he's wearing like a lambskin wool lined vest and uh you know granted i don't want them to be made of real animals but um stylistically i'm into it i you've been you've been liking a lot of outerwear recently that's uh you know that's your you know i don't know i i I respect it (laughs) I, i am currently wearing a thermal shirt uh under a sweatshirt under a uh plaid flannel oof oof i gotta stay warm yeah, I mean, I, I I guess so. Jeez, and I thought your place was better insulated than mine. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is well insulated, but uh, but yeah, but you've ri- you've ripped out all the sinks and uh, and cold air is getting getting in through those open pipes. <laughs> I guess so. You're just blowing it around with your saxophone music. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay, but but so there were, are there other Lukes in this scene that you that you want to steal, or is it mainly just the uh, mainly just that no, just that one? Yeah, just all that right. one. Um. Well, well. Speaking of an outfit, like Tim is also wearing an outfit in this scene. That's that's worth mentioning because you know we get home, 
Tim is playing with one of the girls and her bear. They're playing some kind of doctor type game where the bear is in a bed and Tim is doing an extensive bit of giving it CPR and trying to resuscitate it and, and defibrillate it. And yeah, Jill's Sanders to defibrillate it. The audience <laughs> loves that. Oh man, they're they're huge they're huge fans. But hey, you know, that's if we learned anything in 2020, it's that Sanders can really get a crowd going. Uh <laughs> but so then Marty gets home and he sends the kids upstairs so we can talk to Tim and Jill. And uh, he says he's going to send the girls to back to live with their mom. I, you know, we're, we're being too much of a hassle for you. It's, it's too much. We don't want to impose. And Tim and Jill keep insisting that it's not a problem. And then Marty angrily exclaims, it's a problem for me. And he goes upstairs to help the girls get packed. And Tim and Jill talk about this. And Jill is saying, well, it seems like he's upset about something. You should go talk to him. And Tim goes, no, I've been over backwards enough for him. He, I changed my whole personality and was nice to him. And he, does this i'm very sick of fixing things and picking up after him and um yeah and tim is so tim is adamant that he's not going to go talk to his uh go talk to his brother you were going to say something about what tim's wearing what oh yeah tim's wearing yes this jacket that he's got on it like his shirt well they're playing a hospital game okay the shirt it's just it's got a big like Uh uh-huh like red cross flag on the back of it like so he's put on a costume specifically to play make pretend doctor no. hospital with he his hasn't. no he hasn't this was a style of t-shirt in the late 90s that what? i hadn't seen since the late 90s my uncle owned so many of these shirts this is a type of shirt that just and- yeah solid color on the front and then just that like quarter part of the back the top back yeah had some sort of pattern on it sometimes what? it was like a, a chiffon pattern sometimes it was a, um i don't know like almost cosby sweater-esque oh, sometimes God. it was this where it's you know a big cross or a flag um i know that i think i can picture a lot of like the jamaican flags um <sighs> oh, of course of the time that would make sense yeah. I am shocked. That is amazing. They clear. They this had is like this is what Tim Allen uh, would wear probably to perform at the Laugh Factory. Okay. Okay. So this, I mean, but they had to have at least picked it because it looked like, like, because he's doing doctor stuff and it looks like a Red Cross, right? Like, right? Like I this isn't a, a coincidence. I, I mean, you're not wrong. I I can't speculate as far as to why they put it on there. Oh my god. Um that that is that is crazy. Uh I did not well, I don't understand the appeal of that look. I'm going to say I it doesn't really make sense <laughs> can, to me. You can say that about a lot of 90s fashions. I wish I knew the the type of shirt it is so that I can look it up. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll do my best here, but uh well Okay, well, something else I like from this scene uh, now, okay. aside from aside from that, is, uh, you know, Mar- Marty, it's it's a tough moment with Marty that they have, and Marty storms off upstairs, and the fact that Tim doesn't want to go and mend fences with his brother, like, that's a really believable emotion for me, and this is Tim being angry and spiteful, but in a way that is earned. Like, it's not just him being mm-hmm. angry for no reason. Like, obviously, like, yeah, like... Obviously, his brother is hurting. Obviously, you know, his brother needs help and is is dealing with stuff in a tough way. And but like to be angry at first, especially when Tim has really been going above and beyond to try and help him out. Like 
it's I, I like seeing him be angry and resentful about this because it's like this is believable and this and the fact that then it makes it all the sweeter in the next scene when he shows up at the hardware store and there's not even like a there's not even a scene of Tim walking on the beach and kicking a can and looking at a bird and deciding <laughs> to help. It's just like, we know it's going to happen. We know he's going to like come around on this because this is what family does. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, the, the same way that that episode about Randy learning to drive really hit for me is because it's like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is a family drama about people working through issues together and it's and you feel for these people uh but it's and what they're feeling is very real and then there's all this ridiculous sitcom nonsense layered on top of that and i I, and (laughs) and it's easy to forget that episodes like this exist when we get like half a dozen episodes in a row that are nothing but ridiculous sitcom nonsense yeah true um are we are we talking about the hardware scene uh, not yet. We we I dipped my toe in a little bit, but we you did uh, okay. Yeah. Do we do we want to dip our full our full selves into that? Yeah. Scene? I mean, I I don't have too much to say about that other uh, the the other scene, the scene that we're on. Okay. <laughs> I swear I'm not too far ahead. Uh, I was I was still stuck on the shirt. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> did you find any more shirt information? I here's the thing: is that '90s vintage fashion is like a fad now, so I can only find current '90s clothes. Cool, cool. What kind of fucking brain twister is that? But um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah it's I don't know. I like. Uh, I I do like that as a whole family affair. Jill's mm-hmm. playing, you know, old maid with uh with the other twin, and yeah, it's it's this is you know why I felt like it was so integrated, so easily into their lives that it could give a whole new fresh breath to the show and and extend it for a few more years if they wanted to go in that direction. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, this. You know, Kerman Finiestra is shaking his fist right now going, we could have if they just signed the contracts, damn it. <laughs> Your impression is impeccable. Yeah, I know. Everyone who works in the industry basically sounds like Irv Schmeyman or uh, that, that, <laughs> that like Roy guy from last episode. Um, so we, we cut to the hardware store. A big mm-hmm. A big factor in this also is that Thanksgiving at Tim's mom's place is coming up and uh, Marty's been invited. But then when he says he's moving the girls back to a, their, to their you know, to Nancy's place, he says he's not going to be at Thanksgiving. Right. And uh, so now it's Thanksgiving night. Marty is making some turkey in a cup. Gobble it up. Um, great prop. It's it's like top ramen, with, but it's turkey. And, and he's... he's- doing it with a screwdriver oh yeah he's mixing it with a screwdriver that's a good touch i like that a lot yeah. um and he's eating at the hardware store uh tim shows up with you know fresh from dinner with the family he's got a bunch of food from thanksgiving and says yay mom told me we should clear the air and you know they they so they you know talk it out and marty talks about how he's had a really rough run his entire life and tim's always been successful and has had it easy and tim counters uh, excuse me our dad died and i raised all of you that really sucked and i had to work two jobs to get through college and you know raising three kids on a junior salesman's salary and then marty shoots back well great you've had a hard life and you still succeeded and now you're better at raising my kids too and I don't know, like, Marty is just really in a bad spot. He's really down on himself about all of his stupid jobs. And Tim just tells him, hey, the jobs aren't stupid when you're doing the job to support your family. A lot of guys would cut and run, but you're sticking it out. And I really admire that about you. And this really gets through to Marty. And he, like, really appreciates that. And he and Tim sit down to eat the leftovers together. But uh, 
Tim yeah. has claimed the drumstick, as always. You know what? It's it's a moment where, in so many other situations, other shows, other performers, like, saying the text, saying the subtext as text like that mm-hmm. would kind of, I don't know, be schmaltzy or, or just kind of bad writing. But there's, there's an honesty to Tim Allen. Um, yeah for better or worse that just hearing him say exactly what he's thinking and feeling in the moment works mm-hmm. and you know just to hear the words and i admire that you know you're yeah. doing something that i admire uh rather than showing it i think just it works better it hits harder i don't know i really Maybe it's just after seven seasons, I need to hear him say it every once in a while. It's like a marriage. Like, yeah, I just, I just need to hear your appreciation every every month or so. Yeah, these are these are the secrets to keeping a uh, a sitcom spicy well into your eighth season. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's a I don't know, it's it's a top tier Tim and Marty scene. Uh, you know, counting across all all seasons at this point, I, I really. I don't know. It just really hit home for me. Uh, yeah, you know, because and you see in uh, you see in William O'Leary's face when he says you're sticking it out and I admire that how much it means to hear this from Tim. Tim who is yeah. like a father to Marty because he basically, you know, Marty's the youngest right. and Tim right. took charge after their dad died. Yeah. It you know, it like I, I don't know. You feel the same way that I think that we are sort of caught off guard and uh, touched by how nice Tim is being in this episode and in the last episode, I feel like Marty is almost having our same kind of reaction to that. Like, oh God, it, I I didn't know you were capable of this, and it, and I don't see the side of you that often, and this means so much. Which mm-hmm. is also, you know, it's not okay to live your life in such a way that you are basically tantalizing the people in your life with little morsels of goodness and decency immersed in a sea of crass <laughs> jokes and hostility. Right. Like, if you do that, you're an abuser, and that's not okay. Um, <laughs> but, I, but but just in this, it, you you look at this scene, you look at this episode, you can, you assume that this is how Tim is all the time, then it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's you know, easier to swallow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> okay. Have you set aside uh, two more hours? Uh, oh, uh, well, yes. I budgeted I budgeted three, actually. It gives us time for the intro and outro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So. 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 For everyone, every, forget, forget everything that has happened up until this point. Clear your minds of the episode and of the goings-on in the episode. That is in the past now. Uh, if you haven't realized, we didn't have a Wilson scene yet. <laughs> and so they wrote the granddaddy of all Wilson scenes. <laughs> Truman, what happens in this scene? Okay. From the get-go, <laughs> from the moment of this short film that appends this episode of Home Improvement, th- this shot in such a unique way. We are inside Wilson's house. Wilson has his back to the camera. Tim it is doesn't look like Wilson's him. house. It, do- it doesn't look like Wilson's house, but the fact that we're seeing Wilson in an interior that is not the Taylor house makes me immediately assume that. Um, Wilson has his back to the camera. Tim is standing beside him. 
you know, Wilson is talking about how all oh, the pilot light went out in my furnace. I mean, I'm I'm just scared to go down there. I don't I don't like basements. It gives me the creeps. And Tim has got a flashlight. And he's like, oh, I love basements. I love the creeps. So Tim opens the door and starts walking down. And this is immediately. It's like this is this is shot like it's like on film. This is not three camera setup <laughs> setups. This is set up. Uh, so he he goes down. He starts going down the stairs, and it's this like very dark, long, rickety staircase. C- total blackness. Tim has the flashlight. We're getting shots back up. You know, are you sure it's down here? Oh, it's down there, neighbor. We get these shots up of Wilson standing in the doorway, lit from behind as a silhouette, so he can't see his face. Beautiful Wilson yep. work. Top notch, incredible <laughs> Wilson work. Uh, he finally gets down there. Oh, he's found the furnace. You know, and Wilson says, "Oh, there's a pull chain for the light." Tim reaches up and he pulls the chain and the light goes I on. You, I think you mean he raises a hand to his mouth and points deep in the distance. There's a pull chain by the, by the yeah. furnace. W- Wilson is very far away. And so Tim pulls the chain and the light comes on. And Tim is standing in an enormous cavern. Stalactites, stalagmites seemingly going on forever. And... It's this is Wilson's basement. It's this huge yeah. cavern, and but the, what Tim is standing by there, there is nonetheless a furnace in there, and a and a hanging single unshaded bulb with a pull chain ha- suspended from the roof of the cavern, and these stairs with Wilson standing at the top of it. We get reverse shots, like those are there too. But this is also and not only that. <laughs> I mean, there's there's the furnace, there's a water heater, and then uh, what? I don't think you see the washer, but there's definitely like a wash tub there, and oh, a yeah. uh, a laundry basket full of laundry <laughs> just on the dirt ground floor. <laughs> it's these three basement appliances clustered close together in this just completely otherwise empty and open cavern. And did I? Did I say yet that this is not a set? This is a real cavern. This is an actual location that <laughs> they went no, to. No, I don't know that that is true. What else could uh, it be? Why would they build I, this? I, I'm they not make this saying they painting? built this. That's the joke. Is I they're, they're, they film on the the Paramount lot or the yeah it was the Paramount lot? No, MGM. I, they, they no. God, oh my God. The Buena Vista, obviously, yeah. the Disney lot, and ABC. Okay. Jesus fucking Christ, Landon. Yeah, you um, named every studio, but you got there eventually. <laughs> I got there eventually. I've been there. Uh, you know, there's so many other productions happening at that time that, uh, okay. you know, they just go one one hanger over and, you know, they step onto the set of a movie that's being filmed. Now I have to know what, like for some reason I'm thinking, is this like alien three or something like that? Like that's Fox. I I was wondering that myself. Unfortunately, there's no trivia about this, uh, Uh, you know, unlike finding that dark man clip. Yeah. And I am like, it reminds me of the keep, although that was many 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 years before this like almost 20 years before this uh it's it kind of has some flavors of batman the bat cave but you know it's mm-hmm. not quite that um i don't know I, I really would love to know myself uh cuz this is clearly a movie set and they just came on down to film a gag yeah it's it, so much care <laughs> 
<laughs> so much care went into this. I guess you're right. It probably, it, they probably didn't go to an actual natural cave. But I love that they took full advantage of where they were shooting the show to do this. Yeah. What I love is, you know, it's not just a freestanding uh, furnace. No, they it, actually it have pipes a pipe out. coming. Yeah, they have a pipe coming out the top of it and then going off screen, like comically long pipe. Yes. And the working light, uh, the light bulb with the pull chain is dangling from like a 300 foot cord. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. From the ceiling. Yes. It the that it they didn't just walk onto the set of some other movie and do this shot really quick. They they built out the props yeah. to look as though uh, as though there is a little bit of basement stuff in what is otherwise a gigantic cavern. Like they really sold this <laughs> in a way that I I appreciate so much. It's a it's a wild ending to the episode, and I absolutely love it. I applaud it, and I celebrate it. Um, and, and my, the, my one question is, do you think Judith is buried down there? Uh, I don't think she's buried down there. I just think there's some bones because you, you've already <laughs> you've already got a cavern. Why are you going to bury someone in a cavern? Just throw them in the cavern. Do you do you think he just tossed her aside, or do you think he like propped her up Goonie style and like put some gold bullion around him? around her uh i think that he there was some sort of there was some sort of posing with the body yes like some but in like in like a well no 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 but like posing of the body in like a traditional respectful like you know this is an ancient inca you know by orienting the head to 23 degrees north that ensures peace and goodwill like that sort of thing but now just just a dang old skeleton whole bunch of bones (laughs) Uh, well, we have a character actor corner to go into. Yeah, is it is it d- down a long flight of stairs in a dark, expansive area? <laughs> character Our actor character cavern. Actor. <laughs> At this point, it's expanded so much that, yes, it is a cavern. Oh, um, God. Well, I hope it doesn't flood with good acting. We are talking about Ashley and Lindsay uh, Trefger, mm-hmm. who play the twins. They are actually twins in real life. Wow. Method they acting. Have two credits. And okay. I'm going to play the game a little bit differently. No, they aren't on ER. But mm-hmm. if you can guess the movie that they are in, um, you win. Okay. You, you, if, you, if you can guess the movie that they're in, uh, your ER score card resets to zero. Holy shit. Now, I guess I can give you some clues. Yeah, give me some clues. Hmm. Can you give me okay. some clues? It yes, it came out. Uh, I'll give you a date range. It came out. Um, the movie was big, very very big, uh, newsworthy, at, at the time, and um, came out only a year and a half after this episode. Okay, newsworthy at the time came out a year and a half after this episode. Amen. It is a famous director actor pairing. Mm-hmm. They had won uh, Academy Awards for working together previous to this movie. Famous director, actor, Academy Awards for working together prior to this. The actor has a connection to Tim Allen um, and is one of the biggest stars in the world to this day. Um, The actor has, I think, three 
uh, maybe won two Academy Awards. This must be okay. This is Tom Hanks. No, he he's never won an Academy Award. Then this isn't Tom Hanks. Wait a minute. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I was uh, the the movie was nominated for Academy Awards. Yes. Okay, it is Tom Hanks. Yes. Okay, the movie movie 2000 movies the year 2000 ish. Wait, is this wait is it Castaway? It is Castaway. You're kidding me. I got cast. You are back to zero. Wait, no, I really, ER I re- game. It really is. I- I'm back to. I- I'm back to. It was Castaway. It was Castaway. Wow, this is amazing. This is like I get the Chalupas for once. Okay, all right. Okay, they were in <laughs> Castaway. They both uh, play as uh, is common practice in Hollywood. Uh, the twins play a single actor uh, mm. or a single character named Lindsay Larson. Um, maybe the daughter of Helen Hunt at the end of the movie. I, it's okay. been a while since I've seen it. Okay, all right. Um, cool. Well, good for them. Good for them. They got and me good a for reprieve. You. Yeah, good for me. This character actor cavern was great. Uh, you know what? You put in a lot of hard work, both to this game and the ER game, and I admire that. Uh, Landon, thank thank you. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. I I think the uh, the best thing to do with all of these emotions now is to walk down into someone's basement and discover that it's actually a huge cave. Um, Wait till you come visit. Oh boy! Well, and there's a movie theater in here too. What? <laughs> okay, so at this point, I think there's one other question though that needs to be answered by you. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, how many grunts in this episode? This year episode of I TV. said it last week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. Tim is really making it difficult this oh. season. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He's making it difficult. <laughs> because there are a few moments where I think he he doesn't quite grunt, but he does grunt talk again, just mm-hmm. like last week. And yes. so I don't know if what he does. I know you don't count the words. But oh, yes, you know that. Whether or not they're distinctive enough to count what he does as grunts, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, my guess, again, is zero, like it was last week, and I was wrong. I It was one last week. This week, I am still – I'm sticking with zero, but I do acknowledge he did grunt talk. Yes, that's good. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, well, ding, 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 you're correct. We are at zero this week. It is grunt talking, which does not count, but there are no out-and-out uh, – grunts like that so Mm -hmm. um yeah so we're we've kind of returned to a state of normalcy after the past two weeks where we're back to having no grunts in an episode yeah can i can i actually put in an appeal to last week and say okay uh can i can i get since i was off by one but last week was the week where i finally noticed the the hidden grunt in the theme song Mm mm-hmm can I have that wash each other out and, and get back on track for myself? Well, what? Like, just reset you, you to, to to normal? To, like, just, zero? Yeah, so I get t- two weeks in a row. I want to build some momentum. Uh, okay, you know, I mean, now, I would say that, <laughs> that me guessing a thing correctly versus you noticing something that's been happening at the beginning of every episode for well over a season are two different <laughs> categories. Not, not something you admire? <laughs> However, no, how, but you did make me feel good about myself by saying that you admired me, and you made me feel good about myself by wiping my record clean on the ER game, where I've gone far more astray than you. So yes, Landon, I'll grant this to you. This All is right. just this is just the back and forth of podcast. Podcasters, 
bend over backwards and and offer any support they can to fellow podcasters. <laughs> Unless they're oh, Joe Rogan. I love it and appreciate it. Um should we end this episode? Yeah, let's end this episode, Landon. Let's let's th- let's throw this episode down into the cavern beneath our house. All right, but Truman, what did we learn? We learned that uh, it's good to be there for the people around you, and it's very important to be kind. But also, you should probably ask your wife and kids if it's okay if you basically double the number of people in the house. That's mm-hmm. that's that's my, that's what I learned. What did you learn? I learned that it's important to legally protect yourself with media releases, not only of the person that is going to be appearing uh, on a public outlet, but also from if they are a minor to have a parent or guardian sign off on their image being used in perpetuity for Mm -hmm. said project. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another, I mean, we didn't really learn that from the episode, but but if we got the extended cut where there's a whole lawsuit, you know, that Nancy files <laughs> about like the you know her children being used against their will, that then we would learn yeah. that in spades. Uh, well, I know the the episode brought up the question. I did my own research and learned it that way, so I still give the episode credit for it. Okay, good, good. All right, well then, fair. I'll take that. <laughs> That's what we learned. All right. Uh, well, you know what I have. A lot of admiration and um, thankfulness toward our patrons ah. who make grunt work possible because they, and if you like today's episode, want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor like them over at Grant, uh, Grant, Pit, Splurp, over at, over at, over at patreon.com slash grunt work pod. There you go. That's the one. Or, you can <laughs> you edit your stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> I no, I, I I do. You've noticed that, have you? <laughs> you don't edit mine out <laughs> because then I have to edit out me joking about your verbal mistakes. <laughs> I must be the one who gets laughs. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows, uh, your programs, because it's the fastest, easiest, and freest way to support us. Stop by to say hi to us on Instagram at GruntWorkPod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com. See, I know these little tricks to throw you off, too. Yeah, but then but then I, but in that case, I was able to run with it. The only time I've been able to walk and chew gum on this show. <laughs> Until next week, when we bring you another episode. That's right. Season 8, episode 11 of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, if your teddy bear is sick, make sure that the doctor you've taken them to is actually a doctor and not just a guy wearing one of those 90s t-shirts that happens to have the doctor symbol on the back of it. (laughs) 